Expounded Universe, Season 7, Episode 2. Bull for these nuts! The book, Vector Prime, by R.A. Salvatore. The year, 1999. Chapters 3 and 4, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! So you're saying that Luke Skywalker is extorting the New Republic. Also, the fact that they named it with her last name and the name... That's tacky. I shitted and farted and came. And welcome back to Expounded Universe. Ooh, we're back. Oh, we're back. A dinosaur story. How many times have we said that? Hundreds, John. And it'll be hundreds more. (laughs) Until we find what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's we're back a dinosaur's tail, too, I think. So we're not even saying it right. I don't even know. I've never seen it. It is very boring. Good. It it the most of the plot hinges on the dinosaurs pretending to be uh, Thanksgiving Day parade floats. Huh. Yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. And and the Triceratops is voiced by Tone Loke because it's made by it's a Don oh. Blue, it's a blue thing. So well, that makes sense. Yeah. So there's a Tone Loke. There's a T Rex who's bizarrely friendly and is probably voiced by what's his face who does all the the. Mm-hmm. What, who am I thinking of? Dom Diesel Gallo- nuts. Yeah, D's nuts. D's nuts voiced the T Rex. Eddie D's nuts. Eddie Deason's nuts. Famously a better voice actor than he is. No, I was thinking of Dom DeLuise. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because he tends to voice main characters for Don Bluth. I think Don Bluth was convinced he was famous. Uh Somehow. You must be famous. Who Only famous people could eat that much Italian food. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh-huh. Uh, level of famous uh, is commensurate to level of pasta eaten. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dom DeLuise blows them all away. Well, used to. <laughs> all of them blows everyone away he blew away the greats <laughs> anyway we are going to be talking about vector prime uh chapters three and four the first two chapters really dove in and started the wheels moving and so i guess now it's time to slow down a little no way let's we're gonna keep on trucking on we're just gonna relax nah well for chapter three at least we're gonna it's gonna be a little slow it's not it's i mean stuff's happening it's Luke convincing a council that another council should be formed. Yeah. Except he doesn't even do it. No. I mean, of the four chapters we've read, this one is probably the least actual things happening, but there's, there's a stuff. lot of, like, we're setting some stuff up. That's Yeah, there's some stuff being set up here, but basically when you really boil it down, it kind of it, it's kind of like when you try to explain what the actual overarching plot of Phantom Menace was, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, so the Banking Federation teamed up with the Trade Federation to impose sanctions on a smaller outlying planet to stop them from trading goods with Coruscant. <laughs> and you're just like, oh my god, how did we, why did we watch this? It's ex- it's astonishingly boring. <laughs> uh, so anyway, in this case... And then a man does backflips and has a lightsaber yeah. with two sides to it. And he gets cut in half even though uh, he had the high ground. Yeah. He very clearly had the high ground. And someone just jumps right up over him and cuts him in half. Yeah. Foreshadowing for when later that same guy would be like, You can't win! I have the high ground! I have not fought in a battle where I won despite not having it. Well, no, because Anakin tries the same shit he did, and he's like, I know that yeah, move. Yeah, I made that move! He's the guy who invented the move, and he's like, yeah, yeah. This is what... Okay, let me show you what Darth Maul should have done. Yeah. He could have won with the high ground if he had known my sweet moves. He did know his sweet move. It didn't work, because he knew. He also knew his own sweet moves. <laughs> <sighs> So obviously, I cannot pick the glass in front of me. So it's Jason and Luke mm-hmm. going to the main Republic Council, which and is there. currently run by Borskphalia. Oh man, Borskphalia! Have we have we even encountered him actually before? I think we've seen his name a few times. I know that it's come up a few times, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's actually been in text or if we were just. Like, we talked about Bothans, and then you brought up the name Borskphalia. So Borskphalia is the leader of a lot of Bothans a lot of the time. He's just sort of a sniveling, conniving political opportunist who pops up as sort of a secondary bad guy in a variety of books. Mm-hmm. But he's the kind of bad guy who gets away with it because he's, he's, he's more of a foil than an actual bad guy. Yeah, because he's not so much evil as he is just sort of greedy and self-serving. Mm-hmm. So apparently when re- when Leia retired from her seat as the head of the Council of uh, the New Republic, uh, this guy managed to slime his way in, despite recently having been arrested. Yeah, for some reason, 
he uh, <laughs> he got basically pardoned off of going to jail. Yes. But now he's the head of the entire republic because I guess Populism everyone is dog. younger than him. And they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, he's an elder statesman. Yeah. And and I have to assume some populism because there's probably elections at some point, right? Probably. Who knows? We don't know. I mean, I think what happened was he was elected to a regular thing, and then the actual Senate put him in charge. Oh, that could very well be. Like the, the, this uh, council is actually a committee. Yeah, that could that that could well be. And Luke and Jason are here to try to convince these six dudes uh, that we need to reopen. Or by we, I mean Luke. Needs to uh, be allowed. That we, to, Jeff we, and John, yeah, us, the two of us, need to start a new Jedi Council. Yeah, uh, Luke wants to reinstate the Jedi Council of uh, the Old Republic mm-hmm. because he wants to try and put some sort of uh, controls on what Jedi are up to all over the galaxy. Now that he's trained so many of them, because it's been like twenty-five years. Yeah, and so now he wants there to be an actual like vision and goal for Jedi, rather than just. Here you go. Here's some superpowers. Why don't you go run around the galaxy? Don't be on the dark side, okay? Now you go have fun, buddy. All right, you little scamp. Get gonna, out there. I'm just going to pin your mittens to you, and you get on out there. <laughs> Here's a little note. <laughs> I want you to go to the store and get me a sixer. <laughs> uh, you tell him your daddy's sick, and that's why you have to buy it. <laughs> you tell him this is daddy's medicine. <laughs> so, yeah, apparently this whole Worth Skitter thing is a bigger problem than everyone realizes when they're reading the book in the first couple chapters, because Worth Skitter is just out there being a fucking Jedi and doing whatever he wants and being like, ha-ha, Jedi. Yeah, and so this is sort of the book going, yeah, no, Luke's not exactly, like, condoning any of this, and he's trying to get a handle on it. Yeah. So, they go marching up in front of the council. Uh, Jason is starting to to show signs of the family curse. Well, Jason doesn't want the council to be formed because during this chapter, we find out that Jason has this very weird, hippie-like version of forest learning where he's like, it's just like my own personal thing, and I want to like feel it out. I don't want to be... Tied down by constraints, man. Yeah, honestly, I feel like he just sees the door closing in front of him. Because he's like 16. He's a burgeoning new Jedi. He's going to go out. He's looking forward to being the next Worth Skitter right now. He wants to be like, no, don't put rules on it. I'm about to graduate. Uh, Yeah, everyone in the years before me got to just run around and do whatever. But right now when I graduate, now I got to wear a suit and tie and go into council meetings. (laughs) This is bullshit. I want to live like a hero. I want to live like Kip Duron. <laughs> a real hero. Kip Duron killed several billion people. A real mm. hero. But he was free, man. He was a Jedi. Uh, yeah, so his ideas about what the Jedi should be is much more like, yeah, we should go back to the old ways where it was just like one student, one master. It's like that's always the Sith, to bro. their word. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's the Sith, bro. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Hang on. What am I thinking about? Yeah. I do love that he's like, look, as long as a Jedi's been trained to not go to the dark side, then fuck it, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. I'm like, it- yeah, but that's not, that's not like, hey, man, you good? And then they go, yeah, and then there's no problems ever again. Yeah, the problem is that the Jedi routinely refer to a central authority. They're like, hey, I'm a Jedi, part of the the long tradition of Jedi, so you should really listen to what I say and not worry if I kill all your Rodians. Uh, and it's Let like, me kill your Rodians. But there's like no actual backing authority for that. It's just Luke, and Luke isn't really on that shit. Yeah, I mean, as much as people are like, okay, we respect Luke, he's a hero of the Republic, whatever, you can throw his name around. And of course, being a Jedi, they're like, also, you're a space wizard. But... When you're like, yeah, Luke's backing us. I'm like, yeah, I don't think he's going to come over here and give a fuck. I do like Luke dropping the knowledge that he's trained about 100 adult Jedi that are out running around at this point. Yeah. Which is kind of, it's just kind of neat to know that there's that many dudes out. And and that this is what's become of them. They don't all just hang out and teach at the academy like Tion Solusar and Borsk, or what, Dorsk yeah. 81. <laughs> Borsk Faili 81. Oh, come on now. Borsk and Dorsk are not that difficult, different of names. <laughs> Uh, Dorsk 81 and Borsk Phalia are two different people in Star Wars. It's true, because uh, Star Wars has bad names. It does, yeah. So anyway, 
Speaking of which, let's meet the council, shall we, John? Oh, good. So we've got Borsk Thalia, and he is in charge. Mm-hmm. And we get sort of a rundown of everybody on the council and how they're probably going to vote. Now, we've got Borsk is just sort of out for Borsk. And we'll do whatever is best for Borsk. If he's given the chance, he will back Luke's play because he doesn't want to piss Luke off. Because I'm guessing Luke was the guy who got him arrested last time. Well, I mean, basically it's, all right, if there's a majority that says no, then I'll say no because I don't want to make any enemies. If there's a split, yes and no, then I'll probably go with it because then I get to curry favor with an entire Jedi Council. Yes, so he's pretty predictable. Uh, We've got... Nyuk is a Sullustan who is anti-council. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably one of the strongest antis. And the reason he's anti is pretty well established right away is because he's more or less crooked. Yeah. He's, he's got a lot of illegitimate business interests that, that Jedi have been messing around with. Yeah, one of the big things that comes up during this is some, you know, just free Jedi that have been running around have been fucking up smugglers in the outer rim and they're like hey don't don't just have them go beat up smugglers what what why would you do that they're like oh you've you're definitely got money in the smuggling business yeah yeah uh so next to niaknyov is i believe the wookie no it's cal omas cal omas so cal omas is an alderanian uh which i mean i understood way back when we did like courtship that they were still providing a uh honorary position to the alderanians because they were Several of them were because you gotta feel sad. Yeah, well, because there's only a few of them left, and they were helping them find a home, and and like and because they were integral to early uh, rebellion affairs, they provided you know uh, uh, ships, they provided Leia, uh, but <laughs> they provided Leia. They yeah, she's Alderanian. She's from uh, and she was the uh, she was a worked in the Senate under her father Bail Organa. She was an important p- figure, political figure early on in the rebellion, uh, and late in the rebellion too, but. I mean, it's been like 30 years since that planet blew up. Why are we still giving them one of these extremely important seats? Well, you see, it's a name people know. Yeah. You mean you mean that's why the author is doing this? I mean, also, yes. Yeah. I think it's also just so that Luke has one person on the council he can, like, completely count on. Well, yeah, and that is. Cal is 1,000% on his side. Yeah. Because he was also like, look, I, I fought back in the day. I was in the rebellion originally. I've seen this motherfucker do his thing. He's my boy. It would have been a great chance for Luke to drop some Alderanian name, or sorry, Tatooinean name. <laughs> Be like, yeah, Wooher got a seat on the council somehow. Weird, right? This weird old bartender finally got interested in public <laughs> office. He keeps trying to ban droids. He completely backs my play, though, as long as I give him lots of Rodian feet to grind up into Jabba Juice. <laughs> uh, now, next to him is the Wookiee, uh, and that's Tryback. Uh, which is another ally of his, mm-hmm. pretty much just because Wookiees aren't adhol- assholes. Yeah, because Wookiees are historically friends with Han, who is historically friends with Luke, and blah, blah, blah. Also, Wookiees, don't they have some sort of, like, we think Jedis are cool thing? Uh, they do, yes. Like, to the point where there were, I think there's two uh, canon Wookiee Jedis that have made, there, there was a point where Lucas put his foot down during the expa- Expanded Universe era. Oh, yeah. It was like, no more fucking Wookiee Jedi, it's stupid. Yeah, in our bonus content at one point, I went over one of them. Yeah. Yeah, so that's if you were subscribed to the bonus content, you'd know that. I am subscribed to the bonus content. That's the only reason I knew that. No, that was a, pu- a public you, a listener you. Oh, oh okay. Not you're, a you you. Okay, you're not talking to me. You're never talking to me. No, I'm always talking at you. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, this guy supports Luke because Wookiee's good guys. Yeah. Uh, there's, now, there's never really been a bad guy Wookiee in, in the stories. No, well... No. No, the closest you probably get is Chalman, the guy who owns the Mos Eisley Cantina and makes some bad decisions, but... Yeah. Yeah. So, then we get Puo, who is mostly noteworthy for being a Quarren, because the Mon Cal planet is guaranteed a slot on the council because they gave an ass load of ships in support to the rebellion yeah uh, really they talk up the, the alderanians and the human uh, contribution but the all the uh, moncals were the backbone of the rebellion yeah they used their ships uh it was their military leaders yeah so they are like no we are forever given a spot on this council because we made this happen yeah but recently uh both 
the original general uh, Akbar, sorry, Admiral Akbar and Admiral Drayson have retired. Uh, so they they had they couldn't take a military leader as their council seat, and uh, weirdly enough, the planet elected one of the the lesser known intelligent species that also lives on Mon Calam uh, or uh, on Calamari, the Quaren. Yeah. So instead of a actual Mon Cal going, it's a Quaren, and this has never happened before. Like no Quaren has really gotten political power. So uh, Puo is very aware of that and wants to maintain uh his power and not look bad and he is also anti uh jedi council probably also because he is crooked but you never know there's also there's a little bit of space racism here on everyone's part in that quarren are kind of a bad guy race like that's just the way the only time you ever see them in the movies they're in jabba's palace yeah, they got a squid head. Yeah, no one, no one likes them all that. They're they're, they're kind of the bad guys of the Moncal planet. Uh, now we've got humans on here. We've got Fior Roden of Kaminor. Yeah, Fior Rodan, a giant flaming lava bird. Yeah, Rodan is on the council. Uh huh. And ooh, he's he's pro eating people. So mm-hmm. there's that. Yeah. Uh, now he's Fior- anti Ghidorah though. So <laughs> yeah, Fior is anti-Luke and his council. And it is very clear it's because he has interest in smugglers. Yeah. And then there's Chelch Dravid from Corellia. Chelch Dravid, the Corellian, again, because everyone's heard of Corellia. Because uh, usually in these books, Corellia is kind of the, hey, fuck you, we're all, we're all good over here mm-hmm. planet. Like, they have five planets in their little solar system, and they're very happy, and they have their own police force and everything. But hey, here's, here's a guy running for them, and he is he's the swing vote. Yeah, he's the one that no one's really sure about. Yeah, he's an inscrutable Chelchnian and and <laughs> from Chelchnia. From Chelchnia, and it's going to be real Yeah, Chelchnia is just part of Corellia. Obviously. Yeah, and it's going to be really hard to guess his vote. Luke thinks he's the linchpin to figuring this shit out. Now, the meeting starts right away with them just being full-blown assholes to Luke. Yeah, right away it's like, "Oh, we all sit on high seats and you have to sit at a kid table." And they're just like, "Hey, What's up with your dumb asshole Jedi? And Jason, during this whole meeting, is like, man, these guys are dicks. Well, like I was saying, you're kind of getting early on the sense of the the Skywalker family curse for Jason. Oh, yeah. Where he's going full Anakin. Oh, yeah. There's so much in this book where he's like, if only I could be free to really have power and not be chained down if only my power would break my chains mm. hmm. i hate both ands they're coarse and they get everywhere <laughs> <laughs> yes ands <laughs> uh yeah so so yeah we get this early sense that he's getting ready to make a turn yeah uh <laughs> and he mostly just spends the meeting looking at luke as Luke is just kind of like, yeah, okay, uh-huh. Luke's, interestingly, he's not here really to make an argument. He's here to gauge the council. Yeah, he's like, I'm not here to be like, and now here's my closing arguments. Yeah, so Borsk is lean, like ripping into him. He's like, so uh, tell me about your plan to open up the Jedi Council again. What's that all about, Mr. Skywalker? And Luke's like, I actually haven't announced that plan yet. I'm not sure if I want to do that or not. Yeah, he's like, I don't know. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. Anyway, you guys fight. You guys go have complaints or something. And then they do. They all start launching into their litanies of complaints at each other. And Jason's like, uh, councils are terrible. Someone should just, like, get rid of the Senate or become the Senate. Yeah, become the ruling body. <laughs> Perhaps someone in a cool black armor suit. Hmm. i kind of sad that he doesn't have a single mention in this chapter of how much he loves animals and wants to learn all about animals. <laughs> Since the last time we, it's been a while since we saw a Jason with the power of speech. Yeah. It's been, I think, four seasons. So all we knew about Jason before was that he was like, oh, life is sacred and I love animals. I get sad when mermans die. And now he's like, fuck these dudes. Yeah. Screw these guys. We do. This is stupid. If I was in charge, I'd just get rid of all these guys. And then I'd probably start inventing a special kind of trooper. (laughs) Some kind of storm trooper not called that we'll call them weather true bad weather troopers the bad weather troopers yeah 
What a trooper. Foul weather troopers, we'll call them. That's what we'll call them, we'll Mm -hmm. do. So basically, these six council members start arguing and fighting with each other. Uh, They're like, well... Jedi would be useful for this. And, and you know, Tribok and Kalomas are both like, historically, Jedi have been an important part of the defense structure of the Republic. It's vital that we have them continue the role. And, you know, they can go out there and do things on our behalf that we don't want to do. Yeah. And it gives it gives us a sense of accountability for both them and us. Yeah. So we and can then, kind of rein them in and then they can kind of rein us in. And it's about halfway through this big old fighty argument when when Rodan tips his hand. Because uh, he says, and then flies away, <laughs> breathing lava all over everything. <laughs> so, so Fior Rodan is like, is like, hey, I'm pissed off because they're acting without any kind of clear authority. They're out there on the outer rim right now, just fucking up smugglers. And who told them to do that? Yeah. So when they get out of the meeting, Luke's just got a little smile on his face, and Jason's like, what was that all about? And he's like, oh. I didn't give a fuck about that meeting. Anyway, I now figure that they're probably into smuggling, and that's why these two idiots don't want it. Yeah, so specifically, he knows that Nyak Nyav and, uh... Wise guy, huh? Getting in the way of my smuggling operation. Yeah. And Fior Rodan both have smuggling interests that the Jedi are directly opposed to. And he thinks that if he literally just wipes those problems out, then they will have no good reason to argue against him anymore other than spite. But he's not really worried about that. He wants to figure out what Ch- what uh, Chelch- Chelch's problem is, because he feels like if he helps Chelch out, then Chelch will fall down on his side, and that gives him the numbers. Yeah, because that'll give him a three-and-three three split, and if that at that point, he's like, Boris will go my way. Yeah, Boris will go my way because he risks pissing off Han and Leia. Yeah, and Jason was like, but why would Borsk do that, you know? Doesn't he just want to realize that, you know, you guys don't like him? He tried to imprison Leia. Why would he help you? And Luke's like, dude, Boris thinks everyone thinks like him, which is, oh, I'll just do favors for favors. And everyone's out to get their own nonsense. I like the little lecture he has here because he's like, look, here's the thing about Borsk. He's the most politically conniving person on the on the council. Far and away, he's probably the smartest one with the most vested interests. That said, he is also far and away the most predictable. Yeah. He just does whatever's best for Borsk. Borsk goes to Borsk, and that's it. Yeah, so if, if I can Borsk make it... Borsk comes to Borsk! Yeah, so if I can make it such that it's a good idea for him to be on our side, he will. He will not fight it. Yeah. And then they get uh, they finish their walk and talk because they're, they're pretty much done with the council. We learned some interesting stuff from the council, but nothing that's really sticking out yet is super relevant. Yeah, there's some Romamul discussion and Osarian discussion. The uh, weird thing I have is that with as much that Jason is like, ooh, I want all this to happen and I want Jedi to be like this. And Luke is also on that side. Like they don't set it up to be like, oh, there's this big conflict. It's just I want things to go this way. And Luke's like, yeah, it will. But it's a process. And He's like, fuck your process, old man. Yeah. Luke is being very, very patient here, and it's it's interesting to see what's happening. That Luke kind of has this sense that the Jedi got away from him. Yeah. He's like, man, I had to, in the beginning, since I was the only Jedi Master, do like, all right, let me get a class of 30 people up in here and teach you all. I couldn't do the, like, one-to-one Jedi Padawan thing. Yeah. But now we have enough people that we could probably get back to that, which is for the best and that's what jason wants but he's like yeah we're moving towards that and jason's like no faster now i I want what i want and i want it now yeah but this still this calls more problems into question like where is worth skitter getting the fanciest top of the line new republic x-wing if he's not a member of the republic and he doesn't have a seat on any kind of counselor who gave him that well i think we established before that like Spaceships are just sort of in abundance. Yeah, they cost that that spaceship costs 140,000 credits. Maybe he just had it. Maybe Worth Skitter's just idly rich. I mean, maybe Worth Skitter was just like, "Hey, I'm going to go on a speaking tour. Do you know how much you can make as a Jedi motivational speaker?" Well, notably, he gets brought up because they're like, "Hey, one of your Jedi already screwed up negotiations in the Ramamul Asarian conflict." And and looks like, "Oh god, don't make me talk about Skitter. I fucking hate that guy." <sighs> dumbass yeah he's like literally chagrined that he has to talk talk about that idiot uh well anyway they go walking away from this and they walk their way to the falcon which is landing in front of them badly (laughs) 
I think. I think that's what happens next. The Falcon is being landed uh, by Anakin Solo. No, that's the next chapter. Oh, is it okay? So this yeah, chapter we, just... we end with them leaving the okay, thing on this So the one. whole chapter is just this discussion with the council. Yeah, we'll get to the Falcon later. Yeah. First, we have to check in with... Uh... Shock to Nocton, Shock to Nocton, Shock to Nocton, da da da. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Shock to Nocton. So Shock to Nocton is the like a second in command toady, a human second in command toady to Nominor on the planet Ramamul. God damn it! Shock Star to Nocton. Shock to Nocton, the second in command of Nominor on Ramamul. Ugh. Whew. When the walls fell. <laughs> Shock to Nocton is a super lackey. Mm-hmm. He's just like. Yes, whatever you say, sir. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of new lackeys that are introduced in this chapter, and I assume that both of them are going to be, like, unimportant. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so Shock to Nocton is giving his report to Nominor uh, that they, uh, uh, you know, all the stuff that happened in space. Yeah. Uh, with Leia and in, from the previous chapter. And he's getting he's getting Nominor ready for the meeting with Leia, Mara Jade, and Jaina Solo that's about to happen. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Nominor is mostly spending this time going over how much he does not give a shit about any of this nonsense. No, he spends the entire inner monologue for Nominor is constantly like, and I don't give a fuck about Ramamul, and I don't give a shit about humans. He's like, look, I would prefer to just be like completely background doing stuff. I don't need to be like in charge. I don't crave fame, but I'm doing this because it's, the current project I have. I don't care about these people or this planet or any of this crap. And he's open about that with, uh, with rock with shock to who's like, anytime he gets the chance, he's like, yes. And at that point they'll have no trouble, but to assist me, you mean assist Ramamul master. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Who, yeah, sure. Of course. Who, who gives a fuck about Ramamul? I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Ramamul all for the greater good or whatever. All for this pointless red dry shit ball. Yeah. We, I give, I give one fuck about this. Uh, so he's also uh, well, now lamenting the-, the fact that he has not been able to take off his weird his- skin monster. His Ooglith Masker? Yeah, his skin well- monster has been on for like the past four days because he hasn't had a chance to take it off. So now that we know he's a, uh, he's a Vong, uh, we also get Vong internal monologue out of him. Because the first time we didn't have to because it was a, it was a big reveal for Chapter 2. Yeah. But now, oh, oh, my Oogleth Masker itches, but it is such delicious pain. <laughs> no, at least he doesn't do that. Yeah, apparently Yeoman Carr is the pain slut of the Eugene Vaughn. Yeah, I was pleased that at least the the way that they characterize Nominor isn't the same way they do with Yeoman Carr, just because so often they go, all right, whatever this race is, all of them are exactly the same. Well, here's the thing. We know that going forward, not from from Scuttlebutt on the inter- uh, 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 from what we have been told. Yeah, the pain slut thing is becomes a recurring deal with most of the Yuzhan Vong. Well, yeah, because it's an actual thing you can hang your hat on. the uh, The big thing with uh, Naminor is just he's doing his job and he's good at his job. Yeah, so he is. He's just a, a professional, but he's also kind of taking pleasure in being a dick about everything. But we, he basically gets shown some footage about what happens in space, and he's like, okay, so who are we meeting with? Uh, Leia, because I have to. Bopur. 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 And he's like, yeah, I got to keep an eye on that fucking Nogri. That, that's, that's, there's your problem right there, is that Nogri. Oh, yeah. Shock to Nocton's like, uh, no, because you've got three Jedi ladies coming in, and one of them is the most powerful Jedi Knight out there, and the other is like the biggest name in diplomacy uh maybe worry about them and he's like nah dude bulper i'm worried about bulper and we know why i mean they don't really shocked and octon's confused but obviously it's because uh, nogri fight with their fucking hands oh yeah he's like i respect the nogri yeah the nogri are dangerous because they they fight to the death and they don't use a bunch of technology to do it yeah so he's and, and also i don't think he has any strong respect for jedi so he's pretty much just like that little weasel man is the danger one, so I'm going to keep my eye on him. Yeah, so that's what he's going to do. And Shock Tanocton, uh almost gets in trouble by being like, my dude, but you have these people to look at. And he's like, you telling me what I should do? And he's like, oh, no, sir. Oh, God, no. Oh, I'm such a toady. Anyway, 
Do you have the squilch newt or whatever ready to go? Yeah, he... We find out that Naminora is the one behind the illness that Marjade has. Uh, he made some coomb spores, mm-hmm. and they carry the horrible sickness that killed off basically everyone else that it infected and is currently fucking up Mara Jade. And he wants to know if it's still in there or if she was able to just cure herself. Apparently spores are a personal interest of this guy. He has a whole bunch of different kinds of spores and some closet he keeps for spores. Uh, and he's like, yeah, the coom spores I built should have killed everybody right away. I'm almost on the cusp of turning it from a poison into a straight up disease. I'm working on that. He's like, that's what I really want is instead of it just being like spores go out there, I want it to propagate through people. But anyway, one thing I know for sure is that, uh, people who are infected with coom spores, the out product that comes out of their breath is especially desirable to the schlecho newt. Yeah. The, the newt loves coom spores yeah so it's like oh if if those spores are still in her system and you can get this lizard near her mouth and it smells those spores ooh, baby that's gonna give him a little lizard boner i like that uh, so far all the pieces of technology that we've seen for the yuzhan vong are single purpose driven like they've been keeping this lizard around on the planet just so they can check to see if anyone is infected with coom spores no, it's just that's, it's, that's what the lizard likes to eat. But it's not like a multi-purpose lizard. Like, if if we, as technologically advanced humans, wanted to see if someone was infected with spores, we'd use a machine that does a whole bunch of other doctor shit as well, because why not? Go, but this guy's like, no, I keep around a lizard so I can check on my coom spores. I think this is more like having a pig that looks for truffles. Yeah, but you can also eat a pig. <laughs> yeah, you can eat a lizard. You can eat the schlecho newt. Yeah, why Maybe not? that's what it is. The schlecho newt was also food for later. But in the meantime, might as well use them to check for coom spores. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially if you're like, I'm making coom spores that are ridiculously deadly. Yeah. Maybe have a lizard that's like, I love these, and I detect them. It's like your canary. So this pretty much goes fast. We go right from him prepping for the arrival of, of Leia and Mara Jade and what it, to, oh, they're here. Yeah, and he was in his personal chambers, and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to meet him in here because I've got all my weird Yuzhan Vong shit in here. I've got my, like, communication testicles and my uh, weird, uh, like, oogleth cage and whatnot. My villips, my many fine villips. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, yeah. My communication testicles. Yeah, your communication testicles. Well, I was just remembering what the actual name for them was. That's all. Yeah, it's not because you weren't paying attention to me at all. No, I was paying attention. I'm trying to remember Uh the... I was just also trying to remember the name of, like, the mayor of Ramamool Town that we're about to meet in a second. Oh, yeah. It's uh, Treacle Dixlow. Yeah, that's right. It's Treacle Dixlow. Uh, it's, I found it because I was working on that, John, you asshole. And, and uh, it, uh, now I've lost it because of your... Uh, uh, Tamactus Bretha. There you go. I was close. Tough acting Tamactus. Uh, and so he just sort of walks out, and before he does, he puts on his black cloak and hood... And face mask that comes down, and he's like, ooh, I love that I look kind of like Vader. It's going to freak him out how much I look like Vader, because I'm wearing black. And it's going to put it, put Leia on edge. I, I feel but like he's the, not in like a full robot suit, and the mask he has, it says he like pulls down from the hood. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's got a full mask plating. No, he's it's got just, like that veil thing. Yeah, I'm like, how do you look like Vader? You're just... In black with a cloak. Well, That's I mean, not really Vader. The Vong are really big, too. So I guess because Vader was like seven foot four or something. Maybe that's part of it. Uh, I guess. But how has no one else tried this ploy in the past 30 years of Leia being a diplomat? Send out our biggest, blackest, beetle shelledest dude to go interview her. Because it'll, it'll put her on her back foot to see her the, the evil cyborg father she didn't know she had. Well, I mean, I, I figure most people will be like... Yeah, but if we actually want communications with her, and we go out there and be like, here, talk to our Vader lookalike, she'll be like, yeah, I'm gone. Yeah, yeah, up yours, though. <laughs> yeah, okay, fuck you. I'm oh, out. no, we all dress that way. <laughs> it's just the fashion here. Welcome to the planet Vaderopolis. Uh, he is immediately a real asshole. Yeah, he just meeting. walks up to them in a hallway and is like, all right, what the fuck do you want? All right, what are you doing here? And they're like, you invited us. He's like, yeah, because Borsk said he would send someone. Uh-huh. I'm meeting you. What? Yeah, I didn't really want to meet you at all. I figured Borsk Falia was going to send someone. I heard it was you. I was pissed about it. Let's get this over with. He's like, well, 
What do you want? Well, what I want is for all of the planet Osarian to be bombed to rubble. Why don't you send your ship over there, fuck them up, fuck their missiles up, fuck their entire shit up so that they can never get off planet again, and then we'll be fine. How about you do that for me, huh? Yeah. No, it's great. She's like, well, we're going to work to coming to a solution. He's like, here's a solution for you, dickhead. Uh, what you're going to do is you're going to go over there and you're going to blow up all their airports and spaceships, and then they won't be able to be aggressive to us, and then we won't be aggressive to them because we don't give a fuck about them, and I don't give a fuck about this planet either. I'm Nominor Peace. <laughs> and I love every time they're like, I thought you wanted to come to a solution. And he's like, I just gave you a solution. Yeah, this is a solution. I have just given you one. Go do the thing. <laughs> yeah, he is just being the worst plus he looks like vader and everyone's getting freaked out about it and all three of the jedi ladies are trying to use their jedi powers to read him and uh indeed the lizard is horny as hell for mara jade's breath it's super excited about mara jade's breath also 3po's here along with the mayor of ramamul town uh, tough act and tamactus bretha uh who now you'd think Leia has said that she read all the stuff about this place. She knew all the information she should get. You'd think the whole they have an entire cult built around anti-technology would be a thing that comes up, and you wouldn't bring a droid with you. Uh, yeah. Because that but, pisses Nominor right off. Nominor does not like droids to be in his sight. Yeah, so the second 3PO starts 3PO-ing at him, and he's like, well, actually, you know, and Nominor just turns to him and is like, Shut the hell up. Yeah, it's great. Right now. Yeah, it's it's not even the shut him off thing from, from like Han. He's just, he gets right up in 3PO's face and is like, do not talk. I will end you. And yeah. 3PO is just like, what the fuck? Well, 3PO can't handle it. He's like, oh my, this is, how how would you? And so like literally Jaina has to pull 3PO out of the conversation. 3PO does not know how to not talk. <laughs> no, at least in this one. He sees that mm. Nominor's like, yeah, no, if you speak, he's going to actually attack you. Yeah. And he does stop. Which takes he, everyone off guard. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm good. He just, after the meeting, is like, hey, uh, did I offend you? And he's like, your presence offends me. But did I do something? Get out before I murder you. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> he's just, I like how 3PO still can't help himself. And he turns around, and he's like, oh, what did I do? Oh, did I do something wrong? Yes, you were a droid. How does, as a protocol droid, how do you not know that there are species out there that don't like droids? I mean, come on. The very first thing we saw with you on Tatooine was someone like, hey, no droids. Yeah, you'd think you'd be completely used to it. You know you're a second-class citizen. Yeah, you know that you have to get kidnapped whenever anyone tells you to come with them. Mm -hmm. That's the rules. This dude just doesn't want to partake in the stupid droid games of the galaxy. Yeah, so the meeting basically goes nowhere. Yeah. Because Nominor doesn't want it to go anywhere. He's like, the point of this isn't to his do anything. His literal point is to see how Mara Jade is doing. Yeah, he's like, the only reason I give any fucks about this entire meeting is I want to know how my spores are doing. Like, I don't care about the politics here. I do not care about this planet. Please let me reiterate how little I care about everything. He notably even is like, well, I guess I probably ought to take a good look at Princess Leia and see what her situation is. I mean, that'll probably come up later. But but really, I'm just curious about my spores. And, you know, as soon as he finds out that the uh, the lizard was excited, he's like, oh, sweet. Cool. I'm yeah. glad she's still got those spores in her. Perfectly useful lizard information. That yeah. was the thing I needed. And it does seem that she's weaker and more off balance than she should be, so... Hooray, spores are working. Yeah, like, so notably, he gets incredibly pissed when he's looking at the camera readout of them walking up and sees that there's a droid with them, and he's like, I shall, this is his internal Eugene Vong monologue, and he's like, I shall have to remember to punish Shinocton later for his transgression. Ugh. The, uh, the other thing he wants to do is, after they leave, he's like, oh, make sure that their flight path out takes them past our like m droid murder pit yeah i want them to see what we've been up to so have them fly over the town square yeah and the uh the three of them when they get out of the meeting it's like well that was infuriating and i hate that guy yeah. and all of them went yeah he does not have any force reading period not like He's evil or weak or anything. He just sort of doesn't exist. He's a big blank spot. Yeah, he's just not there. Which, originally when I was reading about this, I was like, oh, so are these guys like Isalamiri, where the force just doesn't work in them at all? And now I kind of get it, because, I mean, okay, so we've we've done so much bonus content 
crap at this point that we've established the history of the Force in the galaxy and how like people accidentally built it and then there were like gods of the Force and so on. All of that shit occurred in the galaxy. Yeah. Which means these extragalactic dudes are just like, no, pass. <laughs> I'm sorry, you do what now? What's but, a midichlorian? Midichl- no, good. We're good. We're fine. Everything's good. <laughs> we're good. We uh, we gave it the office. <laughs> Thanks, bye. Yeah, no, we're just, we just pass on the whole thing. You can't read us. We can't read you. No, thank you. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the process of them then trying to figure out what is going on with Nominor is great. And I actually do like this in the book because they are very much like, no, but we're here as a diplomatic thing and do not realize that that's not a thing Nominor gives the remotest fuck about. So they're like, but what are we supposed to do? I'm like, ah, oh, you don't do anything. He doesn't care. No, no, you pretty much just uh, ho- pretty much, pretty much the best thing you can do is try to evacuate Osarian at the moment because there's no way this dude doesn't shoot missiles at them at all. There's which that- is weird because you'd think if your entire thing is anti-technology, you'd be like, so why do you have big missiles? Because they're useful for this one thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, otherwise, otherwise you're going to find yourself doing a lot of, but you live in a society at these guys. <laughs> I mean, that's what most of my you live in a society is is. The- You've got a Eugen Vong, and that makes sense for him to be anti-technology because he comes from an entire society of weird, like, bio-everything. Mm-hmm. But if you're one of the people on this planet, and he's like, technology bad, get rid of all of that. And they're like, uh, my dude, have you seen this planet? Like, I can't get rid of technology. Yeah, I'm sure. And he's- how far are we going? Do I Am I not allowed to have pulleys? No, like- I think he's pragmatic about the basics. And he's like, ah, on our planet, pulleys are a kind of mushroom. Also, they're intelligent, and you have to tickle their dicks to make them work as pulleys. Ah, yes. The dick police room. <laughs> uh, wait until I show you what an Archimedes screw is on my world. <laughs> you, Zhan Vong, we're weird. <laughs> Everything we do is just an extremely useful single-purpose animal. Ugh. Uh, so they do fly over the uh, the death pit. Mm-hmm. They get they get ordered to fire over the death pit. It takes them a, an RPG argument length of time. Yeah, to, they're just sitting there going like, "But what if it's a trap? It's probably a trap." And it's like you're on the planet right now. If it was a trap, they just have dudes come out and kill you. Yeah, and at least I think it's like Mara J goes. We were in a room where they could have just sent in troops. They could have blown up our ship on the landing pad if they wanted to. Like. I don't think it matters, but they still have to have the, okay, but what if I poke it with a 10-foot pole first? Yeah. Just go. Just go. They're not going to kill you here. It's chapter three. Actually, chapter four. Uh, So they, but Leia's like, okay, we're going to go, but I want the ship pointed up, so if we have to fly away real fast, we do. Okay. Here's our plan. And you're like, ugh, whatever. You know the DM behind this is just going like, oh, I just wanted you to look at my cool world building. Can you please shut up? No, the the DM's one of those tool bag DMs. So he's back there rolling D20s and going, hmm, interesting. All right, so you're flying uh, along the course they prescribed you. Give me a look check. Let me get a perception check. I don't care about the results. I just want you to think I do. I'm pulling the strings. Ah, a puppet master am I. Ah, the ah, worst. The DM, much more cold and calculating than the player. Oh my god, if she's always a DM, that'd be a... <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, these players control, yes, powerful people, but I control everything. Ah, the world is mine to I see. control the very world. You mm. come across a shopkeep. What do you say? <laughs> Shizor would be the best worst DM. Oh, it'd be pretty amazing. I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out who's at his table now, and I'm like, oh, it's got to be all the other villains. Oh, really? Because yeah. I'm just imagining it's all the heroes, and he's just fucking with them. No, I want wa- I want Hethrir and Waru and so on sitting around the table. <laughs> what is Waru playing? Uh, I think he gets bullied into being the cleric. <laughs> but he's already a heel guy. Exactly. That's why they bully him into it. <laughs> just sitting there, I object to this. I am Waru. Waru understands the universal trans precepts of the light death. Yeah, whatever. Just cast Cure Light. <laughs> Come on, dude. Just, just I will shit. engulf you in golden liquid. Ugh, keep your <laughs> sick kinks out of this. <laughs> this Dare is why- you enter Waru's magical realm? This is why we don't let you DM. <laughs> 
You come across an enchanted forest of meat drippings and golden shields. Ugh, uh, so this is the fifth enchanted meat forest we've come across. You know, I saw enchanted meat forest open for Omniphonic Spree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that pairing. I've seen them with barometric pleasure a few times. <laughs> uh, anyway, they see it, and of course, three PO freaks out. He's like, "Oh, these barbarians!" How dare they? Like, yeah, 3PO, you've been in this situation before. I mean, I remember that time when Ugnaughts took you apart just because you came into the wrong room at the wrong time. No one gives a shit about your autonomy. Yeah, but this is different. This is murder. It's just cruelty because they're just... He's used to everyone treating him like property, but yeah. not murder. Yeah, no, this is people treating them like actual citizens and then murdering them. Yeah. This is so much worse. Usually he's treated like a suitcase. No one murders a suitcase. <laughs> no one's like, ooh, I gotta take this suitcase out into the public square and execute it. Yeah. No one ever show him the end of office space. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh god. All it did was try it was printed correctly. <laughs> PC load letter? Well, I know exactly what that means. I'm fluent in over six million forms of printer. <laughs> so they are freaked out, and it's just one more thing to put onto the list of Nominor is a big asshole and we do not like Ramamool. No, and there's a point, I, I didn't like the ending of this part of this chapter very much because there's a part where she's like, well, Le Leia is like, well, at least I know what I have to do next time I meet up with Naminor because he's a strong man and I know how to react to them. And Mara Jade has to be like, Leia, the fact that you're willing to meet with him again means you're braver than us all. Truly, you are the great. And I'm like, oh, come on. Leia doesn't... Leia oh, no, it's the opposite way. It was Leia saying that Mara Jade has met him before and was willing to meet him again. Oh, she has met him before. I didn't even... I thought... Yeah. I, I had it backwards in my head. Okay. No, it's... She was like, look, Mara, you met this guy and you were willing to come along and meet him again. You are the bravest person I've ever met. That guy is infuriating. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, there, he's awful. Anyway, this is finally the point where it's time to... I think... Do we yes. check in with Yeoman Carr or do we check in with the Falcon? No, now? we check in with the Falcon. There okay. is no Yeoman in these two chapters. Oh, that's right. He's the beginning of the next chapter. Quit reading ahead. It was an accident. <laughs> It's an accident. I saw chapter five and went, yeah, sure. It was a tough accident and accident. Uh, so, oh, by the way, we have a little moment where Nominor talks to uh, to Shock uh, to Nocton to Shock to Nocton after the Jedi ladies leave. And he's like, he's like, well, actually, that was super fun to be super mean to those ladies. I love being a dick. Yeah. By the way, I saw the Schlecho Newt did its whole thing. That's fucking great. I can't wait to take my face off. <laughs> Like, he just seems to get a lot of life and enjoyment out of being in a butthole. Yeah. It's 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 fine. He doesn't even punish Shocked and Octon. No. Yet. I mean, not that we see. Not yet, anyway. Shocked and Octon, Shocked and Octon, Shocked and Octon, da 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 da, -da. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, so, yeah. Uh, at this point, we finally check in with Han, who is letting his son, Anakin, land the, the Millennium Falcon. Uh, and well, has let him. Has let him, uh, yeah. Basically, because we... We come with Luke and Jason getting into the bay where they are trying to fix the Falcon yeah. after it has been shittily landed. And the description is that he let him fly it into Coruscant and he's been doing loop-de-loops and shit because he's real jealous of his sister getting to be a shuttle pilot. Yeah, he's like, oh man, the, they always let Jaina fly. Dad, why don't you let me fly this one? And he's like, all right, sure. Because you're Here 14, you, you dickwad. Here, we'll let you park the car. Yeah. And he's like, I'm doing donuts, woo! Han's like, uh, well, here's, here's Han's new Well, you're phrase. definitely my dirtbag kid. Yeah, great. Another one of me. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Han's new catchphrase throughout the course of this, this subchapter is, teenagers. Ugh, teenagers. Over and over again. Uh, so yeah, teenagers. I get older and they stay the same age. Now Jason is clearly all the same age as Jaina, so we know they're also teenagers. Yes, they're sixteen, but he's much nicer to Jason. Yeah, well, Jason's not currently in trouble. Not currently the one that is fucking up his personal ship. Mm -hmm. So Luke's like, all right, let me just recount the basic the uh, events of the council to you. Uh, it's very clear that they're super, they're, a couple of them are really mad about smugglers being targeted by Jedi on the Outer Rim. And Han immediately is like, oh, they're probably in on it then. Yeah, duh. It's I, I'm, I'm aware that smugglers and Senate members often go hand in hand. Yeah, well, well let me guess. Is it, is it Nyuk Nyuv and, uh, and, and Rodan? Because those two are crooked as fucking shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Look at them. <laughs> They're like at a 90 degree angle. They are yeah. crooked. They got a great view of the sky. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so uh, so they have this brief, conversa brief conversation and 
Luke needs an inside man to smuggling on the outer rim. So he's like, hey, what's Lando up to these days? Because it's time for the something that you and I have not really encountered all that much in our reading, which is that every book when, that Lando's going to be in finds him doing another Bespin. Yeah, they're like, oh, so what uh, new operation is he in charge of now that's basically Bespin but somewhere else? Yeah, what goofy Bespin thing does, is he doing now? There has been a point where he operated a giant mining colony that walked around the surface of a planet, staying in a narrow band of shade at speed, such that the, the uh, colony wouldn't melt if it, if, it, if it stopped walking at any time. Yep. He's been in charge of a plant, a, a, an operation where a big crane mined chunks out of a sun. Yeah, and now he is in charge of... Some asteroid mining, some asteroid mining thing that also has races where the whole thing is see how long you can stay in an asteroid belt while you fly around. Yeah, his new thing is that he has a pair of contra orbiting rotating asteroids that he has built a station between the two of them. Uh, So he lives in a spot that's got two giant asteroid things constantly subplants kind of orbiting it. Uh, And then also he built an asteroid race station. Uh, where you get a modified TIE fighter that has so many shields on it that you just bounce off a couple of times if you go into an asteroid. So it's just who can stay in the asteroid belt the longest of the game. Yeah. Uh, We know he's out there doing that. And he is not especially popular with the New Republic still. Well, yeah, because every time he does something, he's like, all right, great. Now it's off to do illegal things again. Exactly. I I mean, because he was the first one to get a commission. He was General Calrissian, like, right away. <laughs> Immediately. And you're like, why? He betrayed you to the... Okay, whatever. Yeah, but then he worked real hard to get Han back and apologized and said he had I'm to betray... I'm so sorry. Well, to, to his well, credit... it's a generalship. I mean, to his credit, he didn't... The only reason he betrayed them is because Vader was on his fucking flagship with a lightsaber at his back. Yeah, but being sad about betraying is not where generalship comes from. Yeah, but then he gave up the whole, he, he gave up the Bespin thing and probably devoted a lot of resources to the Rebellion, and we know he spent a lot of time trying to get Han back, and that was like two years of him working for the Rebellion. So by the time Han came back, I'm like, hey, Han, you want to be a general? Do you have two years experience? Oh, no, you spent the whole time as wall art? Oh, uh, hey, uh, Lando, do you have any experience? Oh, you spent two years trying to be a weird operative and not in charge of people? Yeah, let's make you a general then. He was the first general, it's true. Ugh. Uh, but anyway, the the New Republic doesn't like him, so they're sending Luke out to talk to him. Uh, and Jason, I guess, is going to go with him. Meanwhile, Anakin is being a real 14-year-old about everything. That's true. The... <laughs> The way that they make Anakin out in this is like, yeah, that's kind of perfect, where he really wants everyone to be, like, treating him as an adult, but he's still kind of a surly asshole about things. He's kind of a Hank Venture in this chapter. He's like, hey, I only broke one of the engines, and then, like, Chewbacca pulls him back in the ship. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. Yeah. I don't see what the problem is. It's just a dumb ship. And then Chewbacca lifts him up <laughs> that with was one great. hand, takes his lightsaber, and looks like he's going to bite it in half. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, it's just a stupid old ship. Anyway, who gives a crap? And 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 Chewie's like, no, that's that's really not an okay thing to say around me. You you realize that I care more about this ship than you. I don't have a life debt to you, you pud. <laughs> yeah. And so... The lightsaber is Anakin's, like, most prized possession, so he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. We'll fix the ship. So throughout the whole conversation about Lando and the the, uh, council chambers, uh, he is coming on and off the ship trying out the number seven repulsor engine, which is still broken. Yeah, and And it's basically making the ship do dumb, like, turn sideways nonsense. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, Chewie just in there roaring his head off. And they're like, all right, well, I guess I... Luke says, okay, I guess I have to head out to the Outer Rim and talk to Lando then, because I'll, I'll get started on that. And Han's like, are you sure? Because your wife's going to be home in three days, and only to find out that you went way past where she is now. And he's like, man, it would be nice to see my wife, especially because she has a horrible terminal disease, and no, we have no idea. Now that she's dying and all. Yeah, it'd be... Be nice to see her before she goes, but whatever. I want to go talk to Lando. Anyway, Lando's cool. Yeah, Lando's neat. I wonder if he still has that robot. Spoiler alert, he probably does. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Anakin Anakin continues to try and do things, and he, to his credit, at least seems to have some mechanical aptitude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he almost gets everything working before it, like, 
smokes and blows up again. Yeah, he basically, I think the, the eventual characterization they settled on for Anakin is that he's kind of just a regular Jedi kid uh, and has a little bit of his brother and sister in him, but not because both of them are very specialized. Yeah, he's like, look, I'm powerful in the Force, but I'm not like a weird X-Men powerful in the Force where I've just got one thing I yeah. do. Like, this whole thing, I love that this works the way it does. The, the, the Vong show up and they're like, oh, everything we do is purpose-driven animals. And this is also when Jason goes bad and you're like, oh, hey, didn't you have a whole animal thing when he was a kid? Shouldn't you, like, be the one that is the linchpin on fucking them up because you're the one that has the weird force connection to anything animal. And I, I don't know if that happens or not, but I've heard stories that it does. And I don't think it has anything to do with whether or not he turns evil. Yeah. He just turns evil because you know, he's evil. And cause also cause Yuzhan Vong biotechnology while equipment, while animalistic in nature is extremely painful and pain slutty and all, it, all of it's like, <laughs> Oh, it has to spike into your eye. Oh, speaking of which we didn't even mention. Oh the, yeah, that's right. Nominor's Nom- Nom- dumb eye. Nominor apparently has one goopy eye that he plucked out when he got given some rank. Yeah, they're like, oh, as soon as he became the chief scout or whatever to this galaxy, he stabbed his own eye out with a red hot stick mm-hmm. and was like, oh, yeah. Oh, pain. Pain for the Yuzhan Vong. And got it replaced with a little animal that looks like an eye. But the iris is actually a mouth and it can spit acid. Yeah, so he's like part Corinthian. Leather? Yeah, he's part rich Corinthian uh, villain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he's got, he's got a mouth for his eye. And it can spit acid up to 10 feet, it says. Yeah, and it that's, does. that is definitely an option he picked out of the weird equipment section. Right? The moment they were like, it could spit a gob of acid up to 10 feet. And I was like, oh, how much damage does it do? <laughs> exactly. Does, does, it, does it do a D8 plus two? I was like, oh, come on. Why does he have Just, an eyeball that does Melf's acid arrow? Finish it up, Salvatore, since you've written Dungeons and Dragons books your whole fucking life. Oh, this eye is called the Eye of Melf. And uh, <laughs> it's the evil eye of Vecna's teeth. <laughs> Ugh. It spits acid, and also it bears a terrible curse. The terrible curse is you have to pluck your own eye out to put it in. That's bad. <laughs> but you can spit acid. That's good. <laughs> but the eye talks to you. That's bad. <laughs> but it's very encouraging. <laughs> That's good. The eye is also racist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's probably good again for him, because he's racist. Yeah, well, Fuck this whole galaxy. Vaughn. Fuck this entire galaxy. But the eye just keeps going, you know, technology's great. Eugene <laughs> Vaughn are dumb. I mean, his eye is wearing a Fitbit. <laughs> Your you entire 10, species is stupid as hell. You did 10,000 steps today. No one cares how many steps they do. Actually, uh, I didn't do that. It, you were just counting steps while I was sitting in the car for some reason? Yeah, it's it's uh, based on the swinging of your arms. So, you know I have a restless arm. You know I just sit there swinging my arms around I have I'm a purpose-driven bored. animal that swings my arms around. I don't know why. It's a Vong thing. Ha, 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 I'm actually humans, the I'm, Vong swing their arms. <laughs> all the time. Day in and day out, we swing our arms back and forth. Our arm joints are so much stronger than a human's. <laughs> Many of us get rotator cuff injuries, but we bear them as a mark of pride. <laughs> we have self-inflicted scars and cuff injuries. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, I, I'm actually kind of curious at the moment. He mentions it in one of his rants, the Praetorite Vong as if they were different than the Yuzhan Vong. And I find myself wondering if these scout guys are Yuzhan and the the Praetorite is the army that's coming. I assume Praetorite is just a title. Yeah, it could very well be. They do they, their titles are kind of weird old Roman and British titles. Yeah. Cuz his goal in life is to become a high pre- prefect. Yeah. So, you know, I assume that it's all just levels of dumb nonsense titles. It's, it's probably all P stuff, too. <laughs> that's right. Next he'll become a peer of the realm. And Next, then the he'll pe- become a peer of the realm. Yeah, and then he'll become the pimperer. It's like an emperor, but pimpier. <laughs> but pimpier. Yeah, slightly pimpier. But pimplier. But yeah, it's he'll become the pimpler. Pimplerer. Ah, the pimpler! I must destroy the bat! I do pimple-related crimes! Oh, man. Watch me pop this balloon like a zit! <gasps> the Museum of Pimples is in town! <laughs> I guess Gotham Museum is having a pimple exhibit. (laughs) And I, the pimpler, must strike. 
At that point, Batman's just like, why? No. Come on, museum, what are you even doing? And they're like, I don't know. No museum should ever come to Gotham. <laughs> no, the museum is in Gotham. It's not like a circus that comes to town. Oh, okay, well, if, if circuses do come to town, they arrive... Uh, well, if circuses come to town, then the, the Joker, Joker shows up. The Joker's like, ah, circus, you say? Yeah, that's why no circus comes to Gotham. Yeah. Because last time they did, a couple of acrobats got off. I know. It was horrible. Now, now no more circuses. Instead, we just do museums of, of exhibits about cats. Yeah, we do exhibits about various things that villains would like. I wonder if cat We got woman- a Janus exhibit. Yeah. We got a cat exhibit, a bird exhibit. Also, I wonder if Cats ever plays off-Broadway in Gotham and then Catwoman <laughs> shows up for that. <laughs> Not to do anything. Just watch. I've stolen the makeup of Rum Tum Tugger. <laughs> You have to give that makeup back, Catwoman. Oh, And then we're going to flirt about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you if uh, I could have a rum-tum-tugger. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. I have memories of the last time. <laughs> <laughs> you cried a little too much. I'm okay with a little crying, but you called me Martha. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, that was our Batman digression. Anyway, that's Batman for you. So, I, I, that's pretty much the end of the chapter, right? Yeah. We resolve that, on the plan that Luke's going to head out and talk to Lando about smuggling. Yeah, I like we the end of the chapter on teenagers. Teenagers. Don't trust teenagers. Hi, hi, Jason. How you doing? Teenagers. Oh, teenagers. Yeah. You're fucking teenagers. I'm home solo. <sighs> I don't like teenagers. Yeah, he really doesn't. He's not a fan. Uh it's weird that the outer rim is a place where you'd be like, oh, I need a guy who knows things about the outer rim. Because it wouldn't be like the biggest part of the galaxy. Nah. I guess the outer rim isn't actually the rim of the galaxy. It's just a chunk that is located at the outer rim. It's like one of the arms. Yeah. I mean, it's a large section, Yeah, but still. Well, you'd think the rim would encompass a giant circular area that is the rim of the galaxy. Yeah, but it's only like a third of the rim of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And the other two are the cheeks, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and then the ring. Uh, the, yeah, which, the inner the inner ring, the inner ring, which is which is you being used to spread open the core of the galaxy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Tongue punch, fart box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eat ass. <laughs> uh, well, there you have it. That's those two chapters. Interesting stuff is afoot. We meet with the total asshole Nominor, and honestly, this book's kind of driving and pumping along. I gotta say, I was, until we got to the Han part, I was like, man, this is the first book we've read where R2-D2 wasn't immediately introduced. And he did in Chapter 4. He was there on the Falcon. Yeah. Trying to help out with the repairs. So I was like, oh, good. He is here. Yeah. Like, they're not going to suddenly decide they forgot about R2 for a book. I, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you, John. R2 died three books earlier. <laughs> that was a ghost, R2. <laughs> you can still hear his beeping if you listen on a cold night. <laughs> oh, my God. The ghost of R2-D2 would be an amazing expanded universe novel. <laughs> Give me one of those, like, young adult mm-hmm. terror goosebumps novels, oh, yeah. but it's well, the ghost of an R2 unit. Beep, boop. <laughs> it's the ghost of that that R5 unit that blew itself up so that R2 could, could uh, connect with Luke. Yeah. That's, it's what it is. Uh, uh, what's, they give him a stupid name. It's like Skippy the Droid or something. <laughs> yeah. Great. He comes, he comes back as a friendly ghost, and he becomes a, a mystery solver alongside a group of teenagers in a van. Hell yeah, space van. Yeah, big old space van with space teens in space it. Space Van Morrison. Yeah, space teenagers. <laughs> He's got Lobaka and Sindel Tawani in there, and Zach and Tash. <laughs> Zach and Tash and iCarly. And- uh, yeah, a space iCarly joins the, joins the squad, <laughs> and Squirrel Girl is there. Yeah. Why not? Why? Indeed. Not. So anyway, that's what's going on in the world of Star Wars, and we'll see you in a week with yet more Star Wars. But until that time, let's talk about bonus content, John. What? I don't want to, so I'm kicking it off. (laughs) You do it. it Honestly, it'd be great if we just kept doing that. Like, all right, so let's talk about bonus content, John. Uh, Yeah, let's do that. Tell them all about it, Jeff. All right, I will. But first, let me kick it over to you for details (laughs) about the bonus content. Thank you so much. And before we get into that, let's check in with Jeff for the bonus content and now a word from our sponsors john <laughs> oh yes i am sponsoring 
everything that Jeff does. Jeff, tell them. <laughs> People are going to get mad at us if we keep doing this. That's fine. Okay, so bonus content you can find at patreon.com slash systemmastery. The $2 level is what you're looking for. It'll unlock weekly bonus content called Expanded Expounded Universe, where we go deep dives into Wikipedia to find fascinating stories from Star Wars history to tell to you. Yeah, sometimes you get a little more context for what's going on, a little more backstory for certain things Mm -hmm. uh, that you might not have known, and sometimes we just find some dumb nonsense and tell you about it. Yeah, you never know where we're going to go, you never know what it's going to be about, but it's always a good time and it's always more of our wonderful show for you. Yeah, if you don't know a huge amount about the expanded universe it's fun to join us and Mm -hmm. find out more and if you do it's fun to watch us find out about this nonsense yeah because we get pretty exasperated with these so once again that's patreon.com slash system mastery the two dollar level we got other levels too i'll leave that up to you to find out about so until such time as we see you again i want to remind you that i'm elan sleazebagiano and my death stick is a creature and it spits acid (laughs) 